I got a finishing move. It's where they get the guy's head thrown into the mat. Uh, some people call it an RKO. Uh, some people call it a diamond cutter. Uh, my boss calls it a fireball offense. So, um, <laughs> if anyone's hiring, that'd be great. <laughs> I love wrestling. I've liked wrestling since I was a young lad. Uh, I like to watch dudes my size take their shirts off and fuck around with other dudes my size. That's what I like. One of my all-time faves, we lost Rowdy Roddy Piper. Fuck yeah. We lost Dusty Rhodes in 2015. Huge bummer. We lost Hulk Hogan to racism. Yep, can't like that fucker anymore. He's racist. Don't know if you know the whole Hulk Hogan story why he was in the news last year, but turns out there is a Hulk Hogan sex tape. Oh my God, you guys. I want to fucking get in line to never ever see the Hulk Hogan sex tape. The Top of Wrestling with your host, Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay. His mother named Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my God, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick. Not with me. I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Let a war! War games! You are impressionist. Uh, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like a dog. dog. <laughs> oh! Oh! Oh, jinx! Holy shit! How did that actually happen? Here we go. It is I, the professor of podcast land. It's podcast, the wrestling of top, I mean the top of wrestling podcast. Welcome back. It's Wednesday and you know what that means. It's a brand new episode and we are ready to rock this week. Of course, if you were a little confused by my intro there, always got to have our fun doing a little bit of movies with our wrestling. And last week... If you were able to figure it out, one of my favorite trilogies of all time, uh, the Naked Gun trilogy. Kind of even goes back to Files from Police Squad from the very early days, and it was turned into a movie, which I didn't even know until like way later in life. But, you know, I always say it every week, not going to dive in too much until we bring in our co-host, ODM. Did you say A. Blinken? <laughs> I said, hey, Blinken. <laughs> this is this is a chew a chew here. <laughs> I am a sneeze, father of a chew. Bless you. <laughs> oh my God, Isaac Hayes. How about the fact that he's in there for like three minutes? That's it. Good for him. I love that. <laughs> On the count of kick, kick. Count of jump. <laughs> Um, I can't wait to dive into news. Of course, just to give you a rundown of what to expect this week. This week we have 
this week in Monday Night Wars history. Just happens to be 25 years ago. And we also have Nightwing's Good Shit of the Week, which I'm excited to talk about. And more than anything, we have to talk about not just the news. We have to talk about one of the biggest, oddest flops of a list I've ever seen in my life. Look at I want to say, we make our list, and we always say it's biased and subjective on our own end, okay? But as much as I love someone like CM Punk, he's not the absolute greatest wrestler of all time. I'm okay admitting it. You cannot tell me that the out of the 50 tag teams that WWE put out, they named the New Day as number one. Number two is the Hardy Boys. Three, Heart Foundation. Four is Edging Christian. Five, the Dudleys. Six, Legion of Doom. Seven, Usos. Eight, New Age Outlaws. Number nine is Brothers of Destruction. And... Finishing off in the top 10, the British Bulldogs. This is the oddest, even top 10, I've ever heard in my life. What are your thoughts, man? Yeah, I mean, I guess part of the thing that you have to take into account is that this is likely related to just their work in WWF, WWE, right? So, I mean, mm. the the Legion of Doom isn't necessarily going to be number one just based off of that. Right. If you're talking all times, they're at their top of the list. I mean, that's a hands down kind of thing. Um, yeah, the New Day is great, but in an era where they're not pushing tag team wrestling as much, so they really only have two, you know, established teams in the Usos and the New Day. I mean, where's your competition? Yeah, the Hardy Boys. Yeah, like the Dudley Boys. Yeah, I mean, they were part of that era. But are they really but not in the like? Top, are, I mean, I, there. You know what? I I will say Dudley's probably are. If I had to do a top ten, I would say they'd be in a top ten. Sure, because it's one of those. They hit every promotion. They were champs everywhere. Yep. Even still, up to this date, almost. You know what I mean? Until they recently had split, and I think Devon's working with WWE. But I mean, like just randomly looking at this list, you have. Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas at 37. They were a phenomenal tag team and ran SmackDown for several years. Um, let's see. Okay, the fact that the Street Profits even made this list at all and they're at number 33 kills yeah, me. that's ridiculous. Harper and Rowan, I'm cool with, but what did they really... I, I don't, we all know how much of a, a Brody fan we are, but all time i think that the, even that could have been shifted around i don't know man there's a lot of these that were just really all over the place like the fact that the valiant brothers are at number 12 and brothers of destruction are at number 9 i'm like what did the like yeah I, they were a special act the brothers mm -hmm. of destruction it was never straight tag team and that's all they did i'll give you the hardies but I will not give you the Brothers of Destruction me in that top 10 hell no yeah i mean you look at some of the other numbers too the shield at 22 DX at 21. Uh, oh, my God. Team Hell No. Wait, yeah, let's talk about that DX. I'll give you New Age Outlaws DX, but Hunter and Sean? Yeah. Are you shitting me? When were they really a tag team? I think they may have held the tag team championships in, like, late 2009 or early 2010, something like that, if I'm not mistaken. And they won it from Jericho, which, for Christ's sake, that made the list, too. Yep. I mean, you've got the APA at 24, 
The Bar at 28, Morrison and Miz at 29, Bulldog and Owen at 30. You've got the Natural well, that, Disasters see, now that at one 34. Me. I mean, yeah, it's just... I'm not saying... I'm not saying numbers really, really matter when they are back-to-back, but you mean to tell me the bar at 28 and Team Hell No at 27? The bar ran through every tag team just within the last couple of years. Kane and Daniel Bryan lasted all of maybe a year at best as tag champs, not even as tag, as champs. Right. Like they were champs a little bit. Again, it was a novelty was a whole act. thing of them getting together and their art, the, anger ma- or the anger management issues. But the slow build from Cesaro and Sheamus with their best of seven series all the way into being, shit, man, we're just a really good duo together. And then what was that, like three solid years of being the bar? Mm-hmm. And you put Team Hell No above. I'm just, that's, I know it's only one little number, but to me, that's that makes a major difference. Absolutely. See, what I'd like to do is, if I may take a turn, we had a top top except for next week. We've never done 50 greatest tag teams, have we? No, I don't think so. I was looking at it to see now if I could it. find it to compare it, but no. Okay, so let's let's say this, okay? I will even give you the top 50 WWE tag teams. No, I don't know, man, because you got to put – you can't put Harlem Heat in there if it's that way, and that's one of the greatest tag teams ever, right? Absolutely. But how about this? We will do it in response to WWE's – Let's do the top 50 WWE tag teams of all time. What do you think? Or do you think all tag teams? I think ultimately we should do all tag teams. I think the WWE one, I think one of us while we're on the shitter could probably just rearrange that list and call it a day. Yeah, I guess that's that's very true. So we'll do our list versus theirs. Mono, I'm mono. Man <laughs> to man. Just you, me, and my guards. That's a wild pig. No, no, that's a wild boar. That's a wild pig. What's a moil? It's a circumcision. <laughs> Greatest trend. The ladies are loving it. Ooh, I'll take two. I forgot I already had mine. <laughs> Question. <laughs> Blinken really was one of the funniest things. Ah, you lost your arms in battle. But she grew some nice boobs. <laughs> Your father gave me this to give to you. He said inside is the key to the greatest treasure in all the land. May I keep it? <laughs> May I keep it? <laughs> oh, your dog was ran over by the carriage. <laughs> and and my, uh, my goldfish eaten by the cat. My cat choked on the my goldfish. <laughs> I can't take bad news. Tell it to me in a good way. (laughs) (laughs) They beat the crap out of me and my men. Um, All right. I do have one other thing I personally, I have pulled up that I wanted to talk about. Um, And I thought it was just, it got me. It got, when I read it, it just got me. Um, And it is Amanda Huber's birthday message to Cody Rhodes. Um, you have people who are talking. I've actually seen someone talking. I'm not going to uh, spend more than like five seconds saying it. There's people who are out there being like, well, AEW is just doing it for now, and then they'll forget about them or whatever. But it it was a family-type thing going with Cody and, and Brody being together because they were together in WWE as well, too. You know, they, they have a long history with each other. And 
but it's not just that they were family from the start. It's how they became family through uh, the unfortunate passing of Brody Lee. And this was her her birthday message. And like I said, just got me in the feels, if you will. Um, thank you for everything you've done for my family. Thank you for becoming family. And that part was kind of in quotations. Uh, thank you for being you. Thank you for driving six hours the day after Christmas at 5 a.m. to be with me in the worst moment of my life. John passing was awful, but it was nothing in comparison to having to tell Brody his dad was going to pass. Cody held Brody tight in that moment. He knew how much it hurt to lose your hero. He took him to fly kites on the beach after. He and... I'm not sure who this is because I don't think it's Brandy Rose's name, but Meg, uh, Magal, a girl, it, it might be a friend of, of the family, I'm not 100% sure, um, made Brody feel safe in the worst moments of his life. I'll never be able to express my gratitude for Cody in those moments. He's gone above and beyond for us time and time again. My fellow Hufflepuff, patient, hardworking, and loyal. Happy birthday, LGW. P.S. Sorry for ruining Robert California for you. I want to know. What God, that's I got to know what that line is. <laughs> I'm the fucking because lizard king. <laughs> He's. And if you guys don't know who Robert California is, he is uh, a character played by James Spade, uh, James, James Spader, Spader yeah. in The Office. And it's. God, I, he's the funny. He was a great addition. He was awesome. I love the Jim. Let me let me tell you a story. Would you like a, a a nature analogy or sexual? Oh God, nature, please. Okay, when two animals are having sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh yeah, I just. I, but dude, that was a great. Uh, just tweet man like i said i read it and i was like god damn and she posted the picture of them on the beach with the kite and right. he has black sunglasses on i'm like you know like it was just but he's out there in like his, a track suit and just hanging with brody jr and dude it's unbelievable and i just recently read an interview from brody jr he said this is what I want to do. I am going to be a wrestler. This is my plan. And I'm like, it's just good for him. I'm, I'm excited to see what he does. And especially how AEW has just treated the whole, uh, situation and continue continually hats off to them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and yeah, not much to say. one last thing to throw out there about, uh, Brody, did you happen to see, AEW Dynamites, or I'm sorry, WWE Dynamites. Uh, <laughs> sorry, had to do it once. Um, did you happen to see the video package that they did? That's about their entire time at basically Daily's. being at Daily's place. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, it made you appreciate all that they did mm -hmm. during the pandemic, and you're like, and all WWE did is just do it in front of dead silence or screens. Yep. Right, and it's funny because we got to see Brody, Matt Hardy all debut, FTR showing up in the trucks. We got a dude. Even I legit smiled watching Trent's mom uh, give the, finger. the the middle finger out the door. <laughs> yeah. I go, oh my god, that's right, I forgot about that. I'm like, there was actually pretty good shit. There was. We we do shit on on AEW a lot, 
for being complacent with a lot of the things that they do, and I, and I think we're going to get into that at some point. But for what they had to deal with, just like everybody else, I think they did way better than WWE did. Oh, hands down. Main yeah. roster, anyway. So yeah, It was just awesome, awesome uh, video. If you haven't seen it, check it out. We actually post it to our Facebook page. On with the news. Sir. All right. Uh, so <clears throat> there's the main event of Dynamite. Uh, last episode, we had MJF versus Sammy Guevara. Uh, I think we've got uh, what could be a very good feud uh, long term. Uh, I certainly hope so. Maybe even put it to bed early and then revisit it later down the line. Um, but it was the main event. It's and, already been a long feud. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. But yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's been it's been. Think actually, about it. I mean, he, a pretty Sammy slow burn. quit inner circle. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, this is a pretty slow burn. But um, yeah, man, it was a solid match. I, uh, you know, it shows the strength of the pinnacle, the resiliency of Sammy Guevara. Uh, my only complaint about it is it should have ended with that second rope tombstone. A hundred percent. It should have ended there. Who the hell kicks out of that at all? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a tombstone pile driver at all, but like a second rope? Mm-hmm. Oh, come on, dude. Like it was, yeah, it definitely should have ended there, but it ended with Sean Spears in the chair. But again, it, it progresses their storyline because sure. you still have proud and powerful going at FTR. You know, and, and that's an issue to me. Coming up, I think, like this week, if I'm not mistaken, Penta El Cerro Miero is taking uh, or is tagging with Eddie Kingston against the Young Bucks. I'm like, the wrong people are having the titles. If you're going to feud, especially with stables, they should be going back and forth right now. Yep. Bothers me a lot. That one really does bother yeah, me. Yeah, we're going to get back to that. The match was fantastic. It was. It was. MJF is great. Um, you know, weekly cornet reference. Uh, you know, they were talking about it on their show about MJF, and I think they were a little more doom and gloom about it. They definitely have dropped the ball a little bit with MJF, uh, but when they nail it, they nail it. And I, when I say they, I mean MJF. Um, you should have seen his Twitter feed after that match. People were just calling him out for cheating. He's like, I won clean, middle of the ring. That was his response to everybody. It was fucking great. God, I love him. I wish I could be that much of a badass or an asshole 24-7, but I'm like, at some point, I got to crack. He doesn't, dude. Mm -mm. Like, he is just really good at what he does. Yep. Bastille. There you go. I mean, yeah, go ahead. What else we got? All right. Well, Davey Richards joining MLW. Um, Probably not a bad thing. Probably a good fit. You know, I don't know if AEW is the place that put, you know, there's, I don't, he wouldn't get enough screen time and Lord knows we don't want him in WWE just because it'll get ruined. So I think it's a good fit. He, he'll he just, he'll flounder on any other place. I think here he could be a very big contender against Jacob Fatu for the title. Absolutely. We could see like a good feud going back and forth. Davey's got a lot of miles left and, you know, I mean, he was, Ring of Honor champion, you know, he was in TNA. I mean, but just never really got to, like, the bigger screen, I guess, if you will. But I'm I'm cool with him joining MLW. I think that they need to get some, a little more star power over there to kind of become a contender. Because right now, I think, you know, Jacob Fatu is the only thing we really talk about over there. Everybody who used to be over there, like MJF and everybody, are gone now. So they need to get more power more names i think over there and i think davy richards was a great step absolutely uh so zelina vega's back in wwe 
eight months uh Dude. eight months after she got fired just no explanation and she's in the money in the bank picture so figure that one out the announcers sold it like she just wrestled last week on smackdown jesus christ they were like like if if you haven't heard it it's horrible they were like he like no one was like what oh my god she's back nope nope they go Ah, Zelina Vega. All oh, this is this is good. What? Like, Eight months. The cricket promo from NWA was better <laughs> a couple of weeks ago than that. Like, no, it's just really, really horrible. They didn't sell it at all, and I was like, and then here's the worst part: her return match. You got let go from the company or whatever. All that shit happened. You're back. She loses to Liv Morgan. Now, I can't get upset because I love Liv, but come on. So, yeah, it's welcome back to WWE. Hey, no, we're going to take care of you. All right, but hey, your shoulders are going to be on the mat. You know that, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. Horrible. (laughs) All right. I'll pay for this. (laughs) You'll pay for this. (laughs) Blinken, fix your boobs. Look like a blooming Picasso. All right, he is headstrong and <laughs> cocksure, or is it the other way around? All right. Uh, so this next one, uh, you know, a little kayfabe here, peek behind the curtain. You know, we're not in the business. We say that in our one of our bumpers. All right, uh, we get our news either directly from a superstar or a news source, or we get it third hand. I mean, that's you know, and so we try to keep it to stuff that we can quote and source, and not just speculative stuff. Uh, so I saw a, uh, a headline, and the headline from this other wrestling uh, news site said, Mia Yim provides update on Keith Lee amid ongoing WWE absence. I read the article very short with a very short quote. I've updated the headline to more accurately reflect what the story told, and that is Mia Yim mm-hmm. provides no update on Keith Lee amid ongoing WWE answers. Her quote, uh, she was on Devon Dudley's Table Talk podcast, uh, was asked how Lee is doing. And this is her quote. He's doing good. He's doing good. I'm not going to comment much about it until he says some stuff, but he's doing good. Thanks for making that article happen. That's like <laughs> that's the stupidest clickbait I've ever heard. It was. I was kind of pissed when I saw, saw that. So, yeah, that's the only reason I brought well, that up. Well, like, you know what they say. No news is good news. <laughs> What are you, a seven? Seven and a half? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate that guy. Hey, real quick, before you move on, I wanted to ask you, wasn't your mole on uh, the other side? I have a mole? Tracy Ullman. We can't forget her in that either. She was fucking fantastic. Latrine. It used to be shit house. <laughs> it's a good change. It's a good change. <laughs> certain you you want certain high self a witch. I'm just your cook. Looks like a looks like a satyr at Vincent Price's house. And you see the eyeballs on the plate. <laughs> We're gonna have a wedding tonight or a hanging. Either way, it's gonna be a lot of fun, eh? <laughs> oh. All right. Well. Strucky has locked again. <laughs> Loxley has struck again. Much of the reason why I had to do that with the top of wrestling at the beginning. I was like, it's one of my favorite things, how many times he just flips things around. My favorite one is the one at that when he brings the, the big pig. 
in that part in after he, he puts it all together like whatever all to backwards. Ah, it forest <laughs> what <laughs> Call me oh god Marianne. i had a bad feeling you're gonna try to work that in there all right well it could have been we may look like pansies, <laughs> but watch what you say, or else we'll punch out your light. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking blinking throughout that entire thing. All right, all right, let's, let's, move, let's on. move on. Let's move on. We don't want to, what's the word that it is that we, we don't want to? Ramble? Ramble. Yeah, uh, ramble too yeah much. we do do that, yeah. Ramble on. But- Right, two more pieces of news. Uh, I didn't see this coming. I didn't read any news prior to it, but uh, B. Priestley is now a member of WWE NXT as Blair Davenport. I guess there's worse names out there. Um, Hey, man, maybe we'll get to see her on NXT. I mean, Raquel Gonzalez is dead now, so or no, it's Mercedes Martinez that's dead now. So Um, It could be Poo Drop, so I mean, that's cool. (laughs) Yes, it is way better than that. So, uh, yeah, pretty cool, man. Uh, And then the last one, uh, you know, we are uh, just passing the 4th of July holiday, and uh, the Patriot Del Wilkes has passed away at 59. I didn't even think about the fact that it was right around the 4th of July holiday. It was like the day before, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, one or two days before, yeah. But just, yeah, we have weird timing, I guess, just before it. But it's funny because I really didn't know who Del Wilkes, the Patriot, was when he came in in 97 in WWE to fight Bret Hart Bret as a Hart. Patriot. Yep. He had already been doing this gimmick for a long time prior to that. And I didn't even know that until years down the road. Yep. Cause I was like, who is this guy? You know, but um, that's going to be cool. Cause we'll eventually come across him on the Monday night wars watch along eventually. So that's cool. Yeah. And uh Cornette was a big, uh, you know, pr- uh, advocate for him and apparently Dunn and uh, Russo weren't, you know, because he wasn't Springer enough. They looked at it as old school. And, mm. you know, Cornette was like, listen, <laughs> he's going to think. Yeah, like, I, the one thing that he said that I think amazed me the most was like, think about the merchandising for the masks alone. Right? Oh, sure. And Dunn and Russo just totally. wanted nothing to do with it. So yeah, we know where that goes. So that's that. That's stupid. You know, mate, you're right, man. Especially with everything that was going on with Bret Hart at the time. Could you imagine all the people in the crowd wearing those masks? You could have sold them very easily, no problem. Mm-hmm. Everybody would have bought them, especially if you booked them better. No, you're right. I didn't even think about yeah. that. Yeah, it's fuck Russo. Always fuck Russo. Mm-hmm. Pretty um, much. In case you guys don't know, we do have some matches that are going to be coming up here that I, I'm taking interest in that I personally am excited for because finally we have crowds. Plus, they look decent. Um, at the Great American Bash coming up, I assume uh, this week uh, for NXT. You're going to have Thatcher and Champa going against MSK for the tag titles. I think we're finally going to get to see them take the titles. Did you see Champa's tweet recently? No. I'm the best wrestler in the world, period. All right. Just for him to throw his name in the hat like that, I go, good, I like that. Good for you. Uh, we're going to get Cole versus O'Reilly, too. Um, Edge is now taking on Roman Reigns at Money in the Bank. I thought he was going to... I really would have put him at SummerSlam. Like, so what's the role going to be at SummerSlam? Yeah, I don't know. Did you happen to see, speaking of SummerSlam, they're starting to go towards RK-Bro yeah. uh, versus AJ and almost. Did you happen to see that after Riddle won his qualifying Money in the Bank match, 
they started playing his music. He rolls out of the ring and goes, no, 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 play, play Randy's music, play it. He, they, you hear the, I hear voices. He gets up in the corner. They do a big boom with the, uh, sparkles that used to come down for Randy when he'd be in the corner and he did the pose. Riddle did that exact fucking pose with it going down. I go, it's kind of funny. I'm like, as much as I really don't care for Riddle as much too much. Oh, I think he's got his name back now. He's Matt Riddle. Oh, sweet. He lost it for a minute. He found it again. He found it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's going to be happening. I don't know, man. Money in the bank. It just, I, I feel like I don't give a shit anymore because of what they did last year. Mm-hmm. That stupid elevator and all that. Uh, oh my god, all of it. Like throwing someone off the top of the fucking roof and he two people. He made evented raw the next night. Two people. Two. <laughs> um, and I already mentioned the tag titles for the Bucks, but. I guess the dissension with Cage and Starks, the FTW title is going to be on the line. Um, I think Cage is about to get a face push, yep. and I and I think that he's going to lose this FTW title to Starks at, at this event here, I think. Hmm. Personally. Yeah. I would have much rather seen Powerhouse Hobbs versus Cage, but... Listen, man. This is good. Powerhouse Hobbs has really been coming up, and we called it from the get-go, man, that, you know, this dude, he's green, but, you know, he looks like he could really be something. You know what it reminds me of? Ice Train. He he does. A big fucking dude that can go. Yeah. That, but Ice Train didn't really get... He, it's one of those guys that just kind of floundered in there yeah. after as soon as the NW Scott Norton too though I mean, Scott Norton too he's well, got that totally. size you know oh absolutely well the thing is man when you get into the the business sometimes you just you got to pay a toll and a, a toll is a toll and a roll is a roll and if we don't if you don't pay no tolls we don't eat no rolls I made that up myself my name is little John <laughs> real life I'm really big <laughs> This ain't exactly the Mississippi. I'm on one side. I'm on the other side. I'm on the East Bank. I'm on the West Bank. It's not that critical. It's funny because when I was younger, I didn't realize that was Dave Chappelle. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? Like, right. I didn't put that together. Yeah, I did. It's so funny to watch yeah. him now. In that, oh, my God, it's hysterical. And what about uh, Dom DeLuise? Oh, or the, <laughs> Oh, my lizard. You know, England and Jersey, we've been allies forever. <laughs> you don't bring me over for coffee and cake. I got to know something. <laughs> I like when he says something like, we're going to kill Robin. And he goes, going to make him an offer he can't refuse. He picks up the nuts. I well, was going to say he goes, that. <laughs> no, but what's uh, Rottingham asks him. Uh, oh, he, he says something. He goes, you put that very succulently or something like that. He goes, succinctly. Suck what? Yeah. Suck it's succinctly. Yeah. And the guy grabs the gun. He goes, suck what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I knew that. Your lizard's limp. <laughs> oh, my lizard. In my age. <laughs> All right. Well, one of my favorite segments each week is, like you said, to get a little creative, bring something a little bit different to the table. Let's do that just now. <laughs> Just bring it, bitch! Oh my god! I don't want to do a full recap of this episode of what I'm going to talk about, but I'm kind of going to end up having to do that in a way because there's a lot I have to bring to the table on this <laughs> whole topic. And I am talking about vice versa, Joni, China, 
Laurer, I think Laurer is how you say it. Um, did you get to watch it, ODM? I did not. Okay. First, it starts in Tokyo. Did you know that she went and put herself in Tokyo for th- like three years just to get away from everything? Yep, I heard about that. Uh, she went over there. She became a school teacher. Um, and yeah. basically the person that started the documentary uh, that they used a lot of the footage from basically is was part of her downfall. I know you're going to bring in some other stuff that kind of contribute yeah. to it, but yeah. Now, yeah. I didn't know any of this. Yeah. Fuck that dude. Mm-hmm. For real, so fuck that dude. that's what we're going to get into. Yep. What's that? For real, fuck that dude. And he's even interviewed in this mm-hmm. thing. I'm like, you're a piece of shit. So it was originally the reconstruction or resurrection of China or reconstruction of China, I think it was. Right. Um, yep, that's what I have written here. And she died during, I guess, the filming. Mm-hmm. Now, the one director was basically making her face demons for the camera before she fully goes into rehab so you got to you had to she had to go see her dead father's fucking uh gravesite and she's beating the fuck out of it with uh flowers i'm like what was this good for mm-hmm. but like and they were then going to send her to rehab so he was letting her use and drink the entire time there was like two to three different directors um that were a part of this and she uh, I have the names here. I, I want to get it right here. Rob is the one good guy. He lived with her for about three months. They were doing yoga every day. They were uh, living on the beach. And But when he had to go back to L.A., everything went bad again. This other guy, Anthony, was the enabler. Got her all those fucking pills, booze, anything she fucking wanted lied to the goddamn doctor over the phone. They even showed footage of him talking to the doctor with her over the phone. Um, And then there's this other one, Eric, that was a director, that was doing the fucking drugs with her. Mm -hmm. I was like, what the fuck? What was the whole point of you guys doing this? A party? The only person who was right about this whole thing was Rob. He was trying to actually get her better. Here's something did you I never fucking knew, man. They have footage of her going to WWE headquarters in 2015. They show her walking in, and then they walk out and they go, "Well, mysteriously, apparently everybody's busy today and no one can talk." And she's like, "Well, just keep trying." And I'm like, "Oh my god, it broke my fucking heart because obviously, you know, she died in 2016, I think. So it was just a year later." Um, one thing I didn't know, did you know that she had a match with Masahiro Chono in Japan? I know she had some matches in Japan. I didn't know uh, that about that particular one. In 2002. Now, here's, I, I gotta say this, alright? The business in Triple H killed her. I said that to you in a right. text. I said Triple H fucking killed her. Why I say that is, okay, man, I get it. You fall out of love. You could hang with someone for so long, and then all of a sudden you're like, wow, I'm actually falling in love with Stephanie. Okay, fine. I will not shame you for that. But all of a sudden they had no place for her on the roster anymore. And and, and I didn't realize it until they said it, because I was like, oh, my God, you're right. They erased her from history. As soon as they mm-hmm. let her go in 2001, 
they completely erased everything about her. Not Benoit type, but to the point where when you had new people like Jazz and Beth Phoenix come in, we've never had a woman like this before, ever. It's Or kind of like when Beth Phoenix entered the Royal Rumble, the Men's Royal Rumble, only the second woman in history, but they'll never say who it was, right? That's kind of like what they did with, we've only had two people who won at uh, number one for Royal Rumble, Shawn Michaels, and so there's other numbers we should talk about in the Royal Rumble. Like, they just move on. And that's what they were doing with China. Mm-hmm. It sucks. And it bothered me. But I got to say, China. Okay, think about my age, your age, right? And we grew up watching China. People who are our age right now are wrestling. China influenced people like, man, your Beth Phoenixes, your Nia Jax. Nyla Rose, Abaddon, Piper, Nevin, which is, you know, a, a dewdrop or whatever it is now. Um, it's not your, she was never your typical dainty chick. And those days are gone now. And you have to give the credit to her. I mean, people give a lot of credit to people like uh, the Williams sisters, right? Serena, right? Like they're, because they are just unstoppable athlete monsters, right? And, you know, they're kind of like the LeBron in tennis. Women's wrestlers, everybody looked up to China. You can't tell me, oh, well, Fabulous Moo, I was watching her, and I, goddamn, I fell in love with women's wrestling. No, man, you yeah. saw China beat the fuck out of guys. So it's sad that her life ended the way it did, man, especially with that guy who was enabling and helping her get the drugs. And then the other one that was fucking doing drugs, three goddamn directors and only one wanted to help her. And she never fucking got into rehab. The one was making her face demons first. So we could get it on camera. You might as well call that the, what's that? Uh, this is called the reconstruction of China. You might as well call it. Uh, what was that? One of ultimate warrior, the ultimate destruction of the warrior. So whatever it was, this was the destruction of China. That's exactly what that fucking documentary was technically all about. It was sick to watch. Vince Russo is going to get fucking credit somehow out of me. I don't know how he even had straight video podcasting conversations with her where he where he was saying a lot of the things I'm saying right now he's like you were the influence on everything and he goes we wanted to push you and he and but he admits as soon as Stephanie got with Triple H they said throw her out we don't need her anymore I mean you don't need her anymore she was your women's wrestling without China there was no women's wrestling so what do you mean you don't need her anymore and then they started claiming China got too big for herself. She didn't fucking start doing drugs or any of that shit until she was fucking let go. Mm-hmm. And then she ended up, unfortunately, hanging with another enabler in X-Pac. And he admits his faults in this, yep. in this documentary, too. Um, I've watched, there's, a, I think, not Howard Stern, but she was on a radio show and he called in. She was in the uh studio he called in they had like a 45 minute battle i've watched that you got to check that out that's fucked up but that's before he really faced his own personal demons to realize what he was doing was wrong he said when they went to tokyo and she fought masahiro chono he goes i went over there with pills and coke and meth yep yep jesus christ Mm -hmm. but my favorite thing man my favorite promo of china of all time was after she fought chono 
She goes, you know how Japan always has the backstage. Uh, like a press conference. Press conference. Thank you. That's what I was going to say. Um, she goes, I'm going to wait for everybody to get in here because I want you to know I beat his ass tonight in front of all of his fans. One, two, three didn't mean shit. I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, where was this chick? Oh, never mind. They fucking fired her. Yeah. And that was a one year, one goddamn year after they fired her. And she went face-to-face with Chano. And let me tell you, man, or Chano, dude, watch that match if you haven't. It's on YouTube. She took stiff shots like Nakamura hands out to people. Like, that. it was hard. It was a great match to watch. I was like, oh, problem is she started missing dates and things over there, they said. So, you know, they ultimately let her go. They take that shit way too seriously there. You can't miss dates in Japan. Um, not that you can here, but, you know. So if and I know I like I said I went into a lot of what it was about and what happened, but it was almost there was too much to not talk about. But yeah, that dude, man, both of those fucking guys, fuck both of them. I hope they both die, like for real. I have no problem saying that. Piece you of took shit. a great wrestler from us. Yep. Yeah. So sorry, I brought something negative to the table Oof. this week. It's a regular Italian family dinner. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, mine uh, isn't as morose, but. Uh, so, you know, we're doing the Monday Night War. I have no idea what that means, yeah. but all right. <laughs> <laughs> so I was kind of thinking about this. When you think Hulk Hogan and you think pay-per-view, what do you think? Um, headliner, main event for any pay-per-view, really. What, yeah. what, what, what particular pay-per-view comes to mind, though, when you think of Hulk Hogan? Um, always for me is going to be Warrior Hogan. Right, uh, not a particular one. I'm talking about a pay-per-view event. Not like one night. Like a... Oh, for Hogan? Yeah. WrestleMania, probably. Right, WrestleMania. And that's a fair statement, right? Okay. He had big matches okay. at other pay-per-views, right? But, you know. Sure. Starcades, <clears throat> sure. But, uh, really, Bash at the Beach is one that should be at the top of the list. I never knew this. I had a thought, and I just looked it up. There were seven Bashes at the Beach uh, under the WCW umbrella. All right, 94 to 2000. Hogan was in six of them and main evented five. So Interesting. Uh, the, the first one was in 94. That's where he won the title from Ric Flair when he came into WCW. Uh, the next year he fought Vader uh, in, the steel, in, in the steel cage for the title. Uh, 96, we're going to talk about shortly. Uh, 97... It was actually 96 and 97. It was Hogan teaming with Dennis Rodman. Oh, that's right. The um, the couple of celebrity ones. Like, was Jay Leno and shit in one of them, I think? Uh, one was Lex Luger and the Giant. The other was DDP and Carl Malone. When did Jay Leno fight? That I don't remember. Oh, he teamed with, uh, no, sorry, he teamed with DDP down the road, I think. Right. Okay, there we go. Uh, and then in the one in 99. I just remember a lot of the celebrity ones, but I didn't realize he was heavily in every one of the Bash at the Beaches. I guess never really thought of this. Okay, yep. keep going. 99, he wasn't in on the card at all. Uh, and then 2000, we all know too well. He wasn't in the main event, but his match had severe implications on the main event, shall we say. Um we don't need to get Help too Booker much. Booker become a champ. Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, seriously. And uh, shit, you feel bad for anybody in that situation. It's got to be Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> You've been in the business this long, and like, you seriously are you like, told Walk to just right lay down? In and lay down. Like, come on, dude. It's it looked 
storylined when you watch it. You know what I mean? Like, because he's, he's holding the belt up, like, here, if you want this. I'm like, well, that's just a prop, so really, really gives a shit, right? But I'm like, but if he was doing his veto power in backstage as the conversation goes, but then that's, I always love listening or talking about that or hearing someone talk about it. Bischoff has his side. Hogan has his side. Russo has his side. Yeah. Was that the final bash? Yep. Yeah, because 2001, mm-hmm. they were gone. Yep. Wow. No shit. I didn't know that. There you go. So Hogan, wow, all right. So good to know. So now I shouldn't associate WrestleMania with him. Well, I, I still think that's a fair Bash one. Bash the Beach. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's back, ladies and gentlemen. It's time. Let's bring him in. Nobody in the whole building but us, Nightwing. Wing. Eh? It's Nightwing. Really? Huh. Guess I was thinking of that goofy mullet you used to have. Yeesh, that was like a whole decade of bad hair days. This is such good shit. Hey everybody, this is Nightwing. I had to take a little time off dealing with some personal things, but I want to go ahead and get right into it. And this is good shit, so I got to get my little mini rant right out the way. First of all, fuck the Bucks. They want to make fun of JR on, on, while they're on the internet and troll him because he made a small little gaffe. But let me tell you, how many times have they sat up there and somebody said something to them about their in-ring work or something about them, and then they cry and whine like little bitches and close off all their damn social media accounts? You know what? Fuck the Bucks. Second thing I want to talk about is I want to talk about Ring of Honor. They've been doing the Survival of the Fittest tournament, and I have just been thoroughly enjoying it. I love all those tournaments. I Ring of Honor, keep it up. I'm still also enjoying the Pure Rule stuff, so keep that up also. And the last thing I really, really wanted to talk to you guys about is the little thing with um, Eddie Kingston and Bubba Ray Dudley. It's, now, it's not really a thing. It's just they're kind of, you know, everybody's got their opinion. Eddie Kingston cut a promo in the dark side of freaking after a dynamite episode where the um the audio leaked out or the text leaked out and basically he just kind of ripped in the, to WWE and all this kind of stuff. Bubba Ray Dudley went on a podcast and he gave his opinion, which everybody's entitled to it, which said basically essentially said that you why are you ripping a company that you've never been you've never been in, you've never been associated with, you've never worked for it. Your name is out here now, but your whole career, you've been just independent. And it's like most wrestlers, that's what they aspire to get to is to the WWE level because you're just going to make more money. Now, we all know that quality of life with the road schedule of WWE and sometimes the backstage politics and whatnot, especially writing, that might not give you the best quality of life while in WWE. And I mean, a lot of us already know that. But this is for one of those times I actually agree with Bubba Ray because why are you why is Eddie ripping into these into WWE when he's never been there? He can't tell me that the grass may not be greener for him. You know, he he he's never been there. How would he know? So anyway, that's what I want to talk about for this good shit. Y'all have a great one. I heard that promo coming from a mile away. <laughs> Good job, Lincoln. What? Who's talking? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I am extremely glad that you brought up Eddie Kingston, but the problem is, man, we are on two totally different pages. He agrees with Bully Ray. I think I, I think we kind of touched base on this before, but you know what? 
Eddie doesn't have to keep his mouth shut. Look at what they did in ECW. Everybody talks shit about other promotions, or TNA did it. I mean, everybody has done it, and you can't tell me that the Dudleys didn't do it. Whether to say, oh, well, you didn't work there or not, who gives a shit? He's saying it's a piece of shit company, and that's the one he doesn't want to work for, so why not be able to say that? That's just me personally, um, but... You know what would be great is I saw a great meme online, or not maybe a meme, it was just a, a someone put a poster together and said, if these guys are just going to keep battling on Twitter, why don't they just do it in the ring? And I'm like, what if Bully Ray shows up to AEW? And they do have it out right there. And he's like, you got to stay in your lane. You're disrespectful. And all. it would be kind of cool if, they're, if they did lead to something like that. I'd love to watch that. I just personally don't agree fully with uh bully ray what, what are your thoughts on that yeah i mean listen it, 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 he would have been better off taking the point of listen bro don't worry about them and take care of your own shit right if he would have taken that stance i, I could have agreed with him a little bit more but yeah i mean i it, it seems like lately a lot of bully ray's statements seem to be very pro and defense in defense of wwe so it's kind of hard to take that I, I liked eddie's response where you know he basically said Let's calm down. You know, he's gonna he's gonna root for his own team. It's like sports. You want out. You want your home team to win. That was basically what he was saying. He's saying competition is good, and you know, let everybody go home. You know, people got butt hurt. You know, so let's just relax. Like I think that's like the first thing he said. Let's all calm down. You know, I mean, it's it, it that's as simple as it gets. Uh, the one thing that Bully Ray said that I really it seemed like grasping at straws. Uh, Bully Ray said, if you go back and listen to the fans, they really didn't pop that hard. You didn't get the reaction you were looking for. I'm like, uh, it, it wasn't on they TV. Did. And it wasn't on TV right. as part of the show anyway. So, you know. Right. I, it's kind of like, the. are you going to say that it was wrong that uh, Stone Cold and Chris Jericho, who would be a heel at the time, were having fun and uh, drinking beers in the ring post-Raw, like all those fun segments that they were doing, right? I mean, that that's breaking kayfabe, right? Some things were funny, some things weren't. Who gives a fuck? It was supposed to be for the the crowd there that night. Problem is, we live in an era that nothing is just dark anymore. Everything right. is eventually recorded one way or another. Um, I so so when it comes to this whole situation, situation, are you with me? Yay or nay? Which one means yes? <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Who would have thought the dude sawing his leg off in the movie Saw <laughs> would? Carrie Elway really is great. Carrie Elway is fantastic. He's awesome. Was also in movie with uh, Andre the Giant. He was in The Princess Bride. Yes, he was also in Glory, That's another fantastic film. Yes. Ooh. Well, you know what? Speaking of, he was also of, in that movie with Alicia Silverstone. Crush. I remember that one. I'm oh, sure yeah. you do. Well, you know what? So for Carrie, this is for you. Let's give him the chop. Oh. <laughs> I am excited because we are finally at said pay-per-view, funny enough. And it's time to dive into our Monday Night Wars. Happened to be just about a quarter of a century ago. Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future! Wait a minute, Doc. What are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? 
we become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah! You want a war? You're gonna get me. Mick Foley is going to win their world title. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Come on, Vince. Step into the ring. Glamorous, and if I seem over ravenous, baby. All right, sorry. Or we could have went with something else. So, I said, hey, hey. I said, hey, 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 nanny, nanny, hey, nanny, nanny. <laughs> Monday Night Wars, baby. But we first take a turn to Sunday because, as we already hinted towards, it is Bash at the Beach '96. Hot damn. You know what's funny? We talked about this recently, about how some... Because we, we did, what, like the top uh, 50 or something pay-per-views of all time. Mm. And, and and we say that, you know, it's you have to have more than just a main event. But this is a very historical pay-per-view. But I got to say, the entire thing was just based around the main event. It's all they talked about the entire time. Like every match, they were still talking about who's a third man, who's a third man the entire time. So it was almost like it took away from the other matches personally. That's just my opinion, but run it down for us. Yeah, I think you're going to see that as we uh, go around and through this. Uh, starts with a video package about the hostile takeover. Uh, after that, we get our commentary team, Tony Schiavone, Bobby Heenan, and Dusty Rhodes. Uh, nobody seems to know where Eric Bischoff is. Hmm. Conspicuous in his absence. Uh, opening mm, match, we get typical. we get Psychosis versus Rey Mysterio <laughs> Jr. Uh, that we get Mike Tanay on this match. Big surprise. Um, at this point, they've already been feuding for eight years, which is amazing because Mysterio is like 21. So... All right. Uh, Psychosis did a fucking scare the they shit did, out. They didn't get along in grammar school. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, Psychosis <laughs> had a scary-ass tope that he did in the beginning of the match. Uh, it was almost like The Undertaker went, uh, against Michaels when he went head first and couldn't figure out whether he needed to flip or stay flat. Uh, it was pretty much one of those. Uh, <clears throat> it's interesting because Tanay had to explain how in Mexico they call a Frankenstein or a Hurricane Rana, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, he also had to explain a, what a senton is, which again, it's just stuff you take for granted. But uh, it was hilarious because Heenan was basically just making fun of all the names that he was shouting out. Just painting, basically, again, I compared him to fucking uh, Excalibur. And the, the, the similarities yeah. are pretty, you know, it's kind of scary. Although Mike, Ten- Mike Tenet actually knows stuff about the wrestling business. So, you know, a you know, little bit of a difference there. Uh, Ooh, <clears throat> sick burn. Yeah, you like that, don't you, bitch? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, Splash Mountain. From now on, all the toilets shall be called Excaliburs. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's good to be the king. Uh, Splash Mountain reverses into a Ron Mysterio gets the I pin. must kiss the royal bride. <laughs> it is a custom. <laughs> Here's your knife, sword, whatever. <laughs> thanks, Rabbi. Or thanks, priest. <laughs> rabbi, whatever. <laughs> 
Uh, he's black? <laughs> Why not? Worked in Blazing Saddles. It's an I love that. A black sheriff? He's black? <laughs> Fucking blinking. <laughs> we're rambling. We're rambling. Um, we are. So obviously we know we just had a match, so we're going to Mean Genies with Conan talking about his defense of the U.S. title against Ric Flair. Uh, basically Conan just saying he hasn't been here long enough to form an alliance, which is it, it's a cool statement. It's It's minimal. In its effort, but I mean, you know, we talk about that a lot about stables forming alliances so you can achieve your goals. Uh, so it was just a cool line to me, you know, him saying that he hasn't been here long enough. It's to something form an no one ever really says. You're right. Yeah. Like I, I don't have an alliance anybody. I'm too new here to do that. And yeah, I, yeah, it's right. I kind of, you take that for granted on someone just maybe saying that. It's funny because Jericho just said recently. He's like, WWE breaks their stables up way too quick, and obviously we know that. Mm-hmm. Like what happened with. The Hurt Business, they're like, we wear suits and we're cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so uh, next, thank God they got this. Yeah, thank God they got this match out of the way. It was the Silver Dollar match. Um, I, I mean, I wrote a bunch of stuff here. I don't think there's really much to say other than Jimmy Hart ends up scaling the pole to get the sack full of Silver Dollars, a.k.a. a tennis ball with like five Silver Dollars in it. Um, Tenna hits him with a power slam. Um, or, I'm sorry, Tenna hit... Uh, Big Bubba with a power slam. Jimmy Hart's all excited with uh, the sock uh, and turns around, yep. sees Tenta, gets the sock, clocks Bubba in the face, and takes a couple of the silver dollars out and puts them on Big Bubba's eyes uh, after he pins them, which I guess you got that visual, but I don't think it was worth what we saw uh, prior to that. So yeah. <laughs> It was it is exactly what it was. Yep, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Uh, okay, back to Mean Gene. Uh, he's with Sting, Luger, and Macho. Not Macho, right? They're just they're getting ready for the match, and Macho is on fire. Uh, after that, another gimmick match that we... Wow, there's a, actually three gimmick matches in a row. Uh, this one's DDP versus Jim Duggan, uh, the tape fist match for the Lord of the Ring. Um, Duggan is, at this point, kind of a heel when you think about he's it doing heel stuff but ddp is a heel too so it's it was just it didn't make for a good match i don't think no no he crotches duggan with the rope and hits the ddp or, or hits the diamond cutter and gets the pin uh and then afterwards duggan has to get his spot in and tapes up his fist and clocks ddp because he's a dick so fuck jim duggan too <laughs> all right <clears throat> uh mean gene with jimmy hart taskmaster task Master and Giant. Uh, mean Gene calls Jimmy Hart a twerp. I thought that was adorable. Um, adorable? <laughs> uh, Benoit and Arn Anderson, uh, they're talking down the outsiders. Uh, our next gimmick match, it's Public Enemy Public Enemy and the Nasty Boys in a four-man dog, dog collar match. Um, it's the only kind of match they haven't done with each uh, other pretty in much. the last three months. Um, so <laughs> my favorite... Uh, I forget who it was. I think one of the nasty boys was hitting somebody from PE with a surfboard, you know, because they had it on the circus mm-hmm. bench. And Bobby goes, he's getting ready to hang 10. And Dusty freaks out. And he's like, I was just going to say that, baby. <laughs> it was hilarious. He was like so pissed off that Bobby got there first. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Yeah, it was great. Uh, Public Enemy have the weakest shots ever with the garbage can lids. Like, they would take those lids, like, are meant to fold in half, and they would, like, lightly tap 
nasty boys on that. It's it just they're terrible. Um, Michaela hit me harder with that cookie shit. Yeah, exactly. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely yep. right. Um, <laughs> they set up a table, and when they get back to the ring, and Rock bounces off of it, it never broke. Heenan goes, that's the toughest table I've ever seen. Um, and then there was a post-match brawl, and all I wrote was, please just end. I'm overwatching their matches, man. I mean, I've Ugh. seen it way too many times now to care. Yep, terrible. Terrible. They're garbage matches, literally, because they always get a garbage I don't think match. I remembered the Nasties were this much on TV as much as they are. We're going to even get more uh, yep. for Nitro. You know what I mean? It's like, God damn. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Uh, here we go. Uh, so obviously it's time to go back to Mean Gene. He's backstage with security and he's going to try to interview the outsiders. Um, and he says, you know, if they put their hands on me, I'm going to go directly to my lawyer. So <laughs> just uh, Mean Gene. Mean Gene. I, we got a lot of good Mean Gene stuff coming up. I can't wait to get to it. So anyway, to our next match. Disco Inferno versus Dean Malenko for the IC title. Let's see. What did I write here? Dear God, no. Uh, I hope mm-hmm. Malenko murders him. Uh, Malenko speaks for me from the moment he comes out. He, you know, he usually comes out, you know, methodical, you know, checking his tape on his wrist. The wrist. This time yep. he was almost Always doing like that. a half sprint. Like he couldn't wait to get to the ring. Gets into the ring, takes his vest off, gets right in Disco's face, starts talking shit, and bitch slaps him. Um, this match took five minutes longer than it needed to, um, but at least Malenko just murdered him. So that's all I Killed got. Killed him dead. D E D dead. <laughs> now, honestly, it's exactly what I wanted. As soon as I saw him come on, I go, "Well, ODM's gonna hate this one." But you know, of course, Malenko comes out and just beats the living shit out of him. Of course, Disco. He, he goes, wait, I lost? I'm not supposed to lose. Hang on a second. He, said, he opens up a script. Let me check the script. <laughs> I think he said something like that. Get another shot! <laughs> I think after he lost, because, uh, you know, Malenko won with the Cloverleaf, as he typically does, and he said, Disco said something like, that's the one move I can't get out of, or something like that. It's like, shut the fuck up, you piece of shit. I hate him. I see on, online yeah, every once in a while, I see, you know, Infer- Disco Inferno talks about nobody gives a shit. Yeah, right. Glenn Guberti or whatever. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? Uh, mm-hmm. I thought things couldn't get any uglier, but then this match happened. Well, uh, yeah. Well, I, I don't think it was. Oh, yeah, that's right. I skipped ahead too far. Thank you for catching that. Yeah. Uh, we get the crab cam. It's the only time of the night we get the crab cam. Uh, some some yep. crabs, arms in front. Okay. Um, it's Joe Gomez <laughs> versus Mongo. Pepe's back, but it's not Pepe. Uh, it's a different dog. Uh, and they kind of reference like Pepe being put on the shelf now that Mongo's with the horsemen. It's fucking hilarious. Um, they killed it. <laughs> Gomez does his best to make Mongo look good. There was a sunset flip spot that was god awful, atrocious. Uh, and Mongo wins with a tombstone. Bobby sold his. Uh weaknesses and how his roughness he was like but, but it's okay that he doesn't do the wrestling moves look at him. he's 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 rough and tough he doesn't need to look at him throwing him around I'm like well you, good thing you got Bobby on commentary man because if you just had like anybody else doing that like let's say your modern day Michael Cole I don't know how you'd sell that because <laughs> you can't yeah no it was just awful and I have a bad feeling it's only going to get worse from here because I mean you got to figure Gomez isn't much of a name I don't know how much he's been wrestling but he really did try right. you know he really did try oh, he sold him yeah 
Well, and you know what? Before we get to the next match, guess who's going to do something? Gene's going to interview someone. Oh, God. This was my favorite fucking thing. I know Woman it is. Woman <laughs> was cl- basically climbing on him at this point. Uh, and Gene can't contain himself at this point. He's like, he's going to burst. Flair just starts randomly singing La Cucaracha. Okay. Flair says Conan is the man with a thousand holds. I'm pretty sure that guy already wrestled, but okay, we'll go with it. Um, Liz is, says she's going to be throwing a party later at the condo or at the uh, apartment, you know, the, gl- the glitzy uh, fucking hotel across the street. And Gina, yep. of course, asks if he can be invited. Um, woman says she'll have a private party with Gene. And at this point, I don't know if you caught it. I had to rewind it. Gene actually puts his arm around woman, has his hand on her hip, and at one point actually gets a little booty. Did not catch that. Go back. It's very brief. <laughs> now I got to see that. It is. And then me and Gene at one point says they're going to have a pole, vault- pole vaulting competition later. <laughs> This is the best woman in jeans segment ever. <laughs> a pole vaulting. Oh, God. It was it, great. It, dude, they just get better and better. I'm like, was... I didn't realize that was a storyline going on, apparently, I had, too. <laughs> I literally had to rewind it and go, like, because, you know, he's, you know, he's he's going back and forth with the mic and everything. And, you know, she's flirting with him. And, and next thing you know, I see Gene's hand. I'm like, wait, did you just wait? Did you? Oh. Okay, way to go, Mean Gene. Go, Genie. D-Zam. All right. All right. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> so that leads us into the Conan and Flair t- uh, title match for the U.S. title. Uh, Liz took an incidental bump from Conan. It wasn't a planned yeah. spot because as soon as it happened, she got up and got the fuck out of there. That was kind of scary looking. Yeah. That's not the first time it's happened to her either. Um, Conan, right after that, Conan goes to the top again, and uh, Flair uses Liz as a shield. <laughs> Woman knocks, uh, knocks Conan off with the rope. Uh, let's see. Uh, woman got really involved in this, and it, it seems like they went to the well one too, one too many times. Um, uh, Flair distracts the ref. Woman hits a dick kick on Conan. Then Liz distracts the ref. Uh, Conan gets thrown to the outside. Woman continues to assault him out there. Uh, we have to do the obligatory. Uh, whoever Flair is facing puts his own move on him. So Conan puts on the figure four. We got like a thirty second distraction from Liz again. It took woman forever. It took, it took, uh, man, I don't know if it was Conan's fault or not, but woman was standing on the apron for like 30 seconds with her high heel waiting to hit him. And it took forever for him to get in the position. Uh, And that's how Flair won the title. With a very, very, very obvious holding of the rope. Oh my God. His feet were on the top rope. Obvious ones. Yeah. Right. It was, it was just, I'm like, I don't get how a ref can't see that. Like, I get you're trying to look at the shoulders, but dear God, yeah, man. That was a really... Well, you know what they say? No ding ding without the wedding ring. <laughs> Jesus. It's an effort last. I'm glad you... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, obviously, we just had a match, so we're back to Mean Gene. He is eavesdropping at the outside, the outsider's locker room. Uh, says he hears the third man. The voice sounds familiar, but muffled. Uh, and they're asking back and forth, you know, who it sounds like. And, and Gene says it stirs something in the subconscious. And Heenan asks Mean Gene to bribe the cops to get info, which Mean Gene, you know, initially looked like he was going to do. And it's like, all right, brain, I don't need any more of your shit. 
Um, so always good banter between them. After this, always. Holy crap! Beat down number two. Arn Anderson and Chris Benoit versus Giant and Kevin Sullivan. Uh, Arn and Benoit get jumped during the entrance. Um, Mongo comes out, hits the Giant with the briefcase, and powders to the back. Giant chases him. Uh, so the match starts as a two-on-one, but Giant comes right back out. Right back out. Um, man, uh, AA was fighting with uh, someone. It must have been Sullivan, and Sullivan was getting beat down, and out of nowhere, Giant on the apron comes out and hits uh, AA with a uh, with a lariat. It was a nice spot because it came right off a yeah, camera. It was a hard one. Yeah, it was. It was. It yep. was really good. Um, dude, Benoit and Sullivan just murdered each other again. You know, they should have uh, been kicking Gene's ass if you really think about that at this point right now. <laughs> right, Sullivan and Benoit should have teamed up. Um, right. So uh, <clears throat> this, so this was all about Benoit and Sullivan. Um, Sullivan and Benoit end up fighting back to the broadcast booth, which is elevated. All right, so they end up fighting up there, and during that time, Giant hits a choke slam on AA and gets the pin. Um, so Sullivan puts Benoit down gets off the broadcast booth, starts walking back towards the ring, and then all of a sudden fucking Benoit launches himself off the broadcast booth and just murders, murders Sullivan. Uh, And then I think we get the most interesting part because, I mean, we kind of know where this is going. We knew this was coming, but uh, as Benoit is beating down Sullivan, woman comes out and asks Benoit to stop. So very interesting. Uh, what was I never saw that before. Me neither. And there was two things that happened, which I thought was really interesting. One was commentary was pointing out that as woman was coming out to stop Benoit, double A reaches over and tries to grab Sullivan, almost to like motion to him or something. And then another, after Benoit hits his last strike on Sullivan and woman comes in, you see Sullivan mouth something to Benoit. So it's just, that's like, I wish I was a fly in the ring so I could just hear what Sullivan said to him. It was just really interesting. If you were a fly in the ring, you might got swatted. I don't know. Yeah, probably. Well, you know, you can, you know. You'd be like, save me, save me, hurt them, hurt them. Yes, yes, hurt you, hurt you, save them, save them. Ay, ay, ay. Come on, that kind of worked. Yeah, no, it's fine. We didn't land in Sherwood Forest. Sherwood Forest landed on us. Blinken, what are you doing? Guessing? I guess there's nobody coming. I can see. Oh, I was wrong. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. So, yeah, after that, we... Main we, event. We, we go right to the main event. Luger, Sting, Macho Man versus the Outsiders, and question mark. Um, Can I say something? Yeah, sure. Never in my entire time of watching wrestling, I've never watched this match in full completion until just the other day. Really? Because, well, because I'd watch maybe like halfway through, see some of the stuff, and then you get to the end. I've never watched all the way through, even in the beginning, where Nash and Hall was like, they'll be here, don't worry, we'll do just fine without them for right now. It's like, like I, I obviously I knew that, you know, the the person doesn't come in till later, 
but I didn't. I never watched it all the way from bell to bell. That was my first time. Hmm. All right, Weird. then. Yeah, I mean, uh, there was a lot that happened, uh, and, and we're going to get into the Pacock version here because uh, something was left out that I was kind of disappointed about. Uh, so we have a video package that they kind of did at the beginning of, you know, they kind of did an expanded version. Um, this was a great angle. We all know it was. It's historic. It was good. Mm-hmm. They booked it well. Uh, but the package, the video package was terrible. It was, it was god-awful. Um, Buffer's intro. With, like, the most generic... 90s guitar kind of rock music yeah Yeah. it was just very like almost like shit porno music (laughs) yeah pretty much yeah it was awful and the way they did like the (laughs) the audio clips they were like muffled so you could barely hear them but the video pat the video of them actually mouthing the words was done in slow-mo so it didn't it was just weird it was just awful um michael buffer's intro was fucking fantastic if you weren't hyped Uh, up for the match already man woof that's that's what I mean. I didn't even realize Buffer was there for this. Yep. Uh, commentary and Mean Gene obviously are shocked because there's no third man. Uh, he confronts the outsiders. Scheme, Gene, Chico, you know too much already. All you need to know, little oh, man. I'm so scared. <laughs> is he's here and he's ready. Uh, all right. So we got Luger and Hall to start. Um, tooth, you know, he does the toothpick flick to Luger and gets slapped for it. Um you know, the nice thing about it was it was a pretty decent back-and-forth match. It wasn't really a bad match. It just, you know, the focus wasn't on the match. It was on, you know, the outcome. Um, so the early Luke's spot... coming out. Yeah, the early spot that sets everything up is uh, Nash has Luger's head buried in the turnbuckle, uh, and Sting goes to splash Kevin Nash, not realizing Luger's there, uh, and it causes Luger to get knocked out. Match stops. They bring out the stretcher, and they take Luger out, so now it's two-on-two. Uh, let's see. Uh, Hall tries to get at Luger while they're putting him on the stretcher, which was, you know, cool just to kind of keep that animosity going. They didn't go over the top with it. They didn't need to, you know, it was, they did exactly what they should have. Um, so did you actually hear what Nash said to Hall? No. He goes, watch my back. And Hall goes, your back just got hit twice. (laughs) Excuse me, bad guys. I'm running out of air. Time to get pumped. <laughs> Pump up the Jordans. Okay, honkies. Time in. <laughs> honkies, I love that. <laughs> Do you know praying Manus? <laughs> You're looking at him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ramping so the best part is he does a quick little uh, <laughs> Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, I like it. was perfect. Um, all right. So we get to you know where everything pops off. Uh, Sting has been in the ring for like 10 minutes at this point, it seems like. Yeah. Uh, Heenan putting over how we're seeing a new side of Sting. He's taking it up to another gear, uh, and he does. He goes ballistic, finally gets the hot t- tag to Macho. Massive pop. Um, so basically, uh, Macho runs wild. He starts hitting axe handles left and right. Uh, he hits one. Hall pulls in the ref, and Nash low blows him. Uh, it's at that point that... Hulk Hogan decides to come out. Huge pop again. Uh, commentary. Even Heenan is kind of excited, but it's great because Heenan goes, yeah, but whose side is he on? 
and everybody, you know. It always bothered me. It does. Yeah, like, you tipped your hand a little too much at that point. Because at this point, Heenan has Well, been... maybe because we know it, but even in the moment of it, he's always been a hater of Hulk Hogan. So in the moment of it, you we if you were watching live, maybe you didn't think of them, but even with Heenan's comment. You I also guess, could have been marking out so he... much at that point that you just didn't hear commentary. True. Possibly. Because now he could be taking the place of... Luger, who's out and sidelined. Exactly. That's the whole point is that, you know, whose side is he on? Right. Uh, so, I mean, we all know what happens next. Uh, you know, Hogan comes in, rips off the shirt. Everybody thinks he's going after because the outsider's powder, and they act like, oh, shit, what do we do now? Yep. And he hits three legs. Nash sells it. Yeah. Nash sells like, oh, shit, what the hell is yeah. he doing here? That was good. Like, he could have very easily just been smiling. Yep. No, and then they show him. They show him, so you you realize that, okay. You know, so, I mean, you know, Heenan's comment aside, they do a good job, but he hits the leg drop on Macho. Everybody freaks out. Uh, some of the fans were actually excited by this. So uh, when you watch him, yeah, there's a lot of positive reaction It's so there. funny to see. Yeah, I know. Or, like, people are like, I knew it. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's, it's funny because uh, of all the ones uh, that he could have did that leg drop to, could have very easily did it to Sting. Doing it to Macho. That was important. Former friend. Yeah. That's the right one. It was perfect. It's important. Yep. And uh, Gene at some point brings up, you know, you know, you were in the Mega Powers with him. I think it's the next night on Nitro. Uh, it's really interesting because this is something that I feel like it's blown by a lot. Uh, Shivani suggests that this was all in the works since Hogan joined WCW. He, he alludes to it. He did make it. that reference. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but, you know. Maybe this has been the, the plan all along. You're right. Yep. He does. He did say it. Yep. That's right. Uh, so, I mean, we all know what happens. You know, Hogan telling, you know, these fans, you know. Uh, I tried to get a good shot of it, but I couldn't. Because I think on the documentaries, they do a close-up of Gene. Um, but Gene's get, gets kind of, like, choked up. There's garbage flying. Gene gets pelted a bunch. Uh, everybody does. Oh, I know. Hall and Nash are talking to fans on the front row about throwing shit. Uh, Nash actually rejects one that flies in. He sees it coming in, and he swats yeah, it down. Yeah, he had to swat it in the yeah, air. I mean, it was just crazy. It's not the first time we're going to see that either, man. No, it's like, going to stick around it, it for a while. It unfortunately becomes a weird trend in WCW is throwing shit. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Hogan basically says, you know, these guys come from another company up north. I was in that company. I'm the one that made that company, uh, you know, and just says it's the New World Order. The one thing that was missing off of uh, this was the fan who came in and got clipped by Nash and Hall, uh, where where they Hall basically the... kicked him in the head a few times. Yeah. So not the version I have. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I have to go I back to, to see get that fix. You know, straight. Straight to the kick, straight to the dome, actually. But I will say, it th- when he's like, "This trash here in the ring, this trash represents each and every one of these fans." Naked, stick it. I love Gene's reaction. Just off, stick it. Oh my god, god damn you! Like he gets so mad at him saying, "Stick it." Yeah, and then him, and then <gasps> Gene leaving the ring because he's just like, "I'm tired of getting pelted with shit." It was just, it yep. was a great moment all around. And it's funny because there's. You're right. There's people who are marking out. There's a guy who's just in the front. He did not stop clapping the whole time. He was like, yeah. While the whole time he's like, stick it. He's like, yeah, stick it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, that's how they go off the air. Hogan has turned on WCW. WCW. So then we go to Monday night. And honestly, you don't start with Raw. If we just went off the pay per view from WCW, no, so I no. say we got to start Nitro. 
Go ahead. Yeah, so uh, this would be July 8th. Uh, we're at the Disney MGM Studios in Orlando, Florida. Very cool to see the outdoor uh, uh, surroundings. Oh, uh, the, the hard cal around the ring on the floor is just, you know, it's kind of like you're almost like your handicap section. Um, so you got a lot of old yep. people watching their reactions to the matches was fascinating throughout this episode. Uh, if nothing else, just go back and check it out for that. Some, some really good shit there. Uh, we start off with a couple of colostomy bags. Yeah, probably, here. probably. Uh, you got Rey Mysterio versus Dean, Dean Malenko for the cruiserweight title in the opening match. Uh, solid match, man. Uh, Mysterio came out wearing a kimono. That was interesting. Uh, Shivani apologized for his comments at Bash at the Beach. I don't remember what he specifically said. Maybe he used some foul language or stuff. But it was pay-per-view, so it shouldn't have mattered. And I don't remember him saying anything grossly, you know, offensive. So I don't know. He never referenced well, it. He other said, than let's that. get the whole locker room out here to kick his rear end. Yeah, yeah, right. Pretty much. That's it. <laughs> Not yeah. much. Um, Mysterio completely biffed a moonsault to the outside. It was awful. And Malenko did his best to, to, to sell it right. Um, and then, right. and then he did the, uh, avalanche gut buster like he's done several times and it, it looked brutal. It looked brutal. Uh, but Malenko does the heelish. I'm going to pin you and pull your head up at two and a half. Uh, does that a couple times and allows Mysterio to, to counter into a Rana pin and wins the cruiserweight title. Big pop too, man. Yeah. The only thing that kind of bummed me I, up, yeah, is that Mysterio powdered quick. So we didn't get much of a celebration. You know, he kind of just won, rolled it, out, grabbed the title and left. It was weird. Think is sometimes when you're when you get like an upset win, that's what you do. Like you run like one two three kid did. Think of, this was kind of an upset. I don't think anybody was ready for sure. Linko to drop the title because he's been on such a solid streak and beating everybody's ass. And they just had a match a couple weeks ago, and I mean he did have a match against uh, JTL the night before, but mm. I didn't. Most people probably didn't think that Mysterio would win this. I solidly remember watching that actually happen and popping when I was a kid. I remember watching that match that night because everybody was tuned in because you heard about Hogan. And you're like, oh, shit, I got to watch this now. So that so it was exciting to see this match again. It wasn't as uh, remarkable and amazing as I thought it was because you're right, that botch moonsault kind of took the whole <laughs> derailed the uh, fun away from yeah. it i think where i was like eh, all right well it's gonna go to the end soon but the teasing of malenko pulling up the head i like that because like you know not letting the pin happen guys don't really do that too much i always like when guys tease that every now and then and you hear the commentary be like no don't do it stupid fucking just do it <laughs> pin him <laughs> well it's a mensum as a heel you know which he kind of was already yeah. but you know that's good you define his role so it works uh, after that, yeah. we got uh, Mean Gene with the Steiners and the Nasty Boys. They're going to have a match later tonight. Uh, winner's going to take on Harlem Heat at Hog Wild for the titles. Uh, all I wrote on this was incoherent screaming. Oh, thank you so much. I seriously was just looking at it and like, what the hell is going on here? I'm like, <laughs> but did anybody work on this promo or did they go, hey, we're going to hit record. Why don't you guys just start blabbering? Like, it was just like, that's all they were doing. Everybody was yelling at the scene time. Loud noises. He's just there in the middle with the mic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, it was horrible. It was bad. After that was another Glacier promo. Um, fun fact, he was supposed to debut at Bash at the Beach. Uh, for obvious reasons, he didn't, because that debut just would have been overshadowed completely. Uh, and now the date. No, I think they had... Well, he was originally going to be the third member, but... I think at the end of the day, it, no, no. Why are you shaking your head? <laughs> Fuck off. All right, go ahead. 
now they're going to stop getting so, these glacier promos so, soon. I'm willing to bet. So the uh, the previous promos would say glacier July 2020 or 2020. Jesus, 1996. Uh, the date's been removed now. Now it just says coming to WCW <laughs> and there's no date. If I was a gambling man, I'm thinking maybe around December is when he's going to show up, but I could be wrong about that one. Uh, next, we have a weird match, and I don't know why we have it. It's Big Bubba and Hugh Morris against the Blue Bloods. Uh, would be uh, Dave Taylor and Regal. Um, Tenta shows up and goes after Bubba, and the Blue Bloods win. Tenta drags Bubba back to the parking lot. That's it. Yeah, it was weird. It was very weird. Uh, we got a quick promo for Saturday, WCW Saturday night. Uh, <clears throat> fun match, Psychosis versus Eddie Guerrero. Um, oh, it was a good one. Yep. Uh, they, they do a quick aside to Mysterio, who's in the back. I thought it was going to be about him winning the title. It wasn't. It was about him talking about how Hogan betrayed everybody. And Mysterio, Mysterio sounds like a young Michael Jackson at this point. <laughs> uh, he says there's... I can't believe it. Hulk Hogan betrayed WCW <laughs> that, that's like that, man. Pretty much. Uh, he says kids are crying. People are disappointed. <laughs> Uh, that's really about it. Uh, Tony Schiavone mentions the return of Sister Sherry and that Rob Parker is now managing Harlem Heat. Uh, I think that happened this past Saturday night. Uh, so, uh, And they tease that we're going to hear from Hogan next week on Nitro. Uh, match ends with Eddie hitting a picture-perfect frog splash for the wind. Absolutely yeah. beautiful. Uh, so, Mean Gene. Uh, with Giant and Taskmaster and Jimmy Hart. Uh, Sullivan is bruised up once again from his previous encounter with Benoit. Uh, this is the first time I've ever seen Jimmy Hart subdued on TV uh, as far as a, in a wrestling show context. Because um, everyone's selling the betrayal yep. of, Hul- of Hulk Hogan. Yep, and he said, he said he had no comment. I loved, I loved Sullivan's promo on this. He said, you know, he's been all about living for the demise of Hulkamania, and it was plucked away from them. He destroyed it himself. Uh, all the evil that Sullivan has done has come back at him. Um, fucking, I, I just, I loved it. I thought it was really good promo. Uh, you know, What he's saying <clears throat> is, I spent so much time trying to go after Hulk Hogan, I wasn't paying attention to my wife, and she was getting the D Chris Benoit. Christ. Okay, maybe that had something <laughs> to do with it. Okay, way to work that one in there. Um, she said to... She said to Kevin, you can have only my body, but you will never have my mind, my heart, or my soul. Kevin's like, no, that's, that's cool. I respect that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, they, they call out the New World Order. Uh, somebody says something about Gene could be out of a job, and he starts freaking out. And then Giant basically says, as long as I'm the champ, WCW is fine. I'm the one who took the title from Hogan. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. All right. But he did, and he took it from Ric Flair. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, well, I know he took well, it from Hogan at one point, but yeah. he took it from Flair right. recently. recently. So yes. I'm just, you know. You're absolutely correct on that, yes. Uh, that was after Giant died after falling off the top of a 20-story building into a lake. Uh, yeah, that was that night. Uh, so next we get the <laughs> Nasty Boys versus the Steiners. This is for the number one contender match. Uh, we're heading in hour two. Uh, nasty Boy, one of the Nasty Boys did a chair shot right in Rick's face. It was nasty, boy. Okay, I wrote that in the notes. I was going to say, I, 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 you I, took I, it from me. <laughs> Actually, wrote, it was nasty. I was like, boy? <laughs> uh, Colonel Parker comes out to run interference. He goes to crack Rick. Uh, he hits one of the nasty boys and the Steiners get the win. It was a sloppy finish. I got to say, most of the Steiner brothers' matches during this run that we've been watching have not been good. 
not been no good. man i was like it's sad i'm like maybe were they really not that good of a tag team overall and i just thought they were or is their early 90s late 80s shit just way better because this stuff is not good it's it's very uh a lot of botches that's all i can say a lot it's of like mania. i don't know if it's because rick's bigger now maybe that's part of it because i mean yeah. they also don't have uh the road warriors because those a lot of those early matches were with the road warriors so true you know that's true. So, uh, Mean Jeans in the ring with the Nasty Boys afterwards. I wrote a lot of nothing to say. Um, yeah, man. Uh, next match, Jim Powers versus Ric Flair for the U.S. title. Uh, this was a showcase for Powers. You know, Flair did his best to make him look good. I think he did a pretty good job. Flair wins. Horsemen come out to celebrate afterwards. That's it. Uh, then we get Mean Jeans. Still Gene is with- weird that he has the U.S. title. I, I was like, yeah. I did not know in 96 is when he had the U.S. title. I'm like, I knew he got it at some point, but I'm like, I didn't realize in middle of 96 instead of being the world champ who he was just what three months ago Mm -hmm. now he's the u.s champ it was just a weird transition especially with all the stuff going on with macho liz him all that stuff and it's like well look at nwo's coming in macho's gonna be dealing with that what if we just gave you the u.s title it just sounds weird yeah because they were building up conan so awesome and now it's just he's the Okay, that's it. Uh, uh, yeah, pretty much. Typical. Pretty much. Uh, mean Jeans with the Horseman without Benoit. Uh, AA cuts a good promo, basically saying the Horsemen never tried to be role models. Hogan was and what he did. It wasn't supposed to end like this. Uh, and then Flair just opens a bottle of champagne, starts pouring it for everybody, and starts singing like Cucaracha again. Okay. Uh, Must have been in his head for a couple yeah, of days. I guess so, man. Uh, the reason <laughs> Brent... <laughs> So uh, I guess you could make the suggestion that Benoit wasn't there because of, you know, the interaction with woman and Sullivan. I don't think so. I think it's because Benoit had a match next and it was against Sergeant Craig Pittman. Um, Bischoff refers. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. Because at first I was like, why isn't he there during this promo? When he came out for the next match, it was my immediate thought. I go, all right, well, maybe he was just getting ready. But still, like, you would have thought he would come out, stand there. And then, and then just the go ring. right into the ring. Pretty much what happened. Right. Right. It was just. It was different. Yeah, definitely. But then, I again, I didn't know if it was the interaction from the night before, like you just alluded to. Could be. Could be. We'll find out. Uh, so Benoit's facing Sergeant Craig Pittman. Uh, this is the first time that I've heard Bischoff refer to Benoit as a Wolverine. Uh, so that's kind of cool. I, I don't think I've heard him referred to. Uh, they, You're right. They've been calling him the Crippler yet. the whole time. The Crippler yeah. the whole time. Absolutely. Uh, Benoit's also bruised up, as expected. These guys are obviously throwing shots at each other. Um, sloppy finish. I mean, I love that they're booking Benoit like a monster, rightfully so. Benoit gets to cross face on Pittman, and Pittman's basically like, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. And Teddy Long comes in and demands that the referee the bell, and him and, and Pittman get into an argument afterwards. So kind of a flat finish. All right. Very flat. <clears throat> yep. Um, next match was had potential but it was weird uh bischoff announces that we may have i'm sorry it's arn anderson versus sting uh bischoff announces we may have guests uh aa seems to do the uh, i'm sorry i keep referring to as aa it's just how i put it in the notes um out. but uh arn, <laughs> arn offers his handshake and almost in like a hey we've got bigger things going on we got to be a united front and sting just kind of brushes them off um we get a glacier promo again during the break um Yep, Bischoff announces the Black Limo showing up. We get a shot of the limo. Hall and Nash come out. Uh, head to the arena. Security's Glacier's going to be a world champ. Who? He's got to be a world champ. With the, Glacier, the amount that uh, we're pushing him right now. <laughs> There's no way he's not going to be a world champ. Uh, Macho comes out. 
Um, and in the confusion, Sting locks in the death lock and gets the win. It was just a flat finish. It's just this isn't the match I would have done the entrance thing. You could have done it somewhere, some another another way. Just you could have any other match mm-hmm. or anybody, even during the uh, Craig Pittman match, it would have been totally yeah. fine during that and Benoit. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. All right. So uh, after the match, we got Mean Gene with Sting and Macho. Uh, Sting's not surprised about the Outsiders. He's surprised at Hogan. Um, he should have known though, because he's too busy making movies and cameo appearances. Uh, the I made a mistake, you made a bigger mistake. Uh, and this is where Gene mentions the Mega Powers when he brings in Macho, which is pretty cool. Um, <laughs> and Macho says, I've got a message for Hollywood Hogan, but I can't say it on TV, especially in Disney. So, Oh, he was... Dude, best promos of 1996, 100% have to be Flair and Savage. No one else, even in WWE during this time for Raw, everything we're watching. Yeah. Like, there's nice stuff here and there, but Savage and Flair are the most entertaining, realistic. Flair, you really believe he's just a genuine piece of shit who likes to celebrate and steal women and all that shit. Savage really looks like <laughs> cocaine's a hell of a drug, and he's just <laughs> amped up to kill someone. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, it ends with uh, Mean Gene with the Outsiders. Um, the outsiders say WCW and the fans took a beating last night. Uh, Kevin Nash tries a Mark Furman joke and just bombs trying to get it out. Um, pretty cool that Hall does says this portion of WCW is brought to you by the outsiders and Hulk Hogan kind of leading the way to the NWO promo, which is pretty cool. Yep. Uh, and Gene says something about him not possibly not having a job. And Scott Hall says, you'll have a job with the NWO. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, and then they just do a recap of uh, Bash at the Beach, and there's your episode right there. They tease the entire episode. We're going to show you what happened last night, and they show us those beautiful stills yeah. of Hogan walking to the ring and then just standing in the ring. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, my God. Like, that's how you went with this? I get by the pay-per-view if you really want to see it happens because – I'm sure once that all happened, I bet you they probably got some really good uh, replay buys because of that being Hogan. Oh, sure. I bet you they got a lot of people who did it. But, yeah, it was just kind of flat how they went off the air, and I'm like, wait, no Hogan? Like, he didn't even show up tonight? Are you shitting me? That's even more fucked up. But, yeah, but it was just cool to see them back in – or not back in, but at the Disney MGM, because I remember, like I said, watching as a kid, that's where I watched Rey Mysterio win the Cruiserweight Championship. And I, I was like, that's such a cool place. Because back then, WWF was not doing anything outdoors. The closest thing they did was Caesar's Palace for WrestleMania 9. Yep. And I don't think most people want to talk about that. No, no. So, but to me, I lo- I always liked that WWE, or WCW did a lot of the outdoor ones back in the day. Yeah, definitely cool. The entranceway was weird because it was literally just like there was a tree randomly there. You know what I mean? It was just weird. <laughs> Coming out of the palm tree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, we're going to move on over to Raw. Raw starts with a very interesting thing. I don't ever remember this, so it was cool to see. Uh, Gorilla Monsoon talking about the indefinite suspension of the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, it's a result of him failing to appear at advertised shows in Indianapolis, Detroit, and Pittsburgh. Uh, and it will be lifted as soon as he posts an appearance bond well, he, where he will appear as advertised. Uh, as of now, he will fight Owen tonight. Uh, and despite his popularity, no superstar is above the fans. Uh, so there you go. 
Um, we're going to continue to talk over this. Um, It's kind of funny. He's going to put at his next appearance. So t- tonight on Raw, when he faces Owen, <laughs> <laughs> it was, I didn't remember this either. It, it starts, yeah, just, just Monsoon, man. And it's funny because that used to be the Jack Tunney. Now he's doing this thing right now. And, you know, but it's, it was very, because yeah, it, we already talked about it. We're like, well, next week, we talked about last week, his last match is against Owen. So I'm like, I didn't realize you opened Raw too, like with that. And not only do they suspend him indefinitely, what else happens to old warrior or warrior on this night? <laughs> well, he basically gets, oh God, it was a weird match. It was a weird match. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just an awkward way to I'm start I'm mainly the show. talking about the post-match shit. Yeah, well, uh, okay. Uh, so let me just go through my notes here. So this is weird. So Warrior's in control most of the match. Hart does a spinning heel kick and a lariat. Warrior no-sells. No, no surprise there. Owen hits another lariat, and he starts. Warrior starts to no-sell, but then he kind of crouches over, almost like he got hit in the balls or something. It was weird. It was really weird. He just, you know... He let Owen get some offense in and then does the hulking up thing. And Bulldog comes to the ring. It's a DQ. Vader runs in. And basically, everybody from Camp Cornette hits their finisher. And Warrior gets carried to the yep. back. So not only do you suspend him, you have him beat down and injured, too, on the way out. Could have just did that. But what's even funnier, because now he is supposed to be the tag partner with Ahmed and Sean at International Incident. Now, last week... I mentioned I had a feeling that this week what we're watching right now is taped, and it had to be. There is no goddamn way you. There's no way you know how Warrior held the money for or company for ransom right at SummerSlam prior to all this. There's no way in hell that that promo was a live thing that happened that night, and then Warrior went out there. Warrior had his match. They did all that, and then they're like, "Now Monsoon, we're going to record this, overdub that over in the beginning." You know what I mean? Like it was definitely a pre-taped show it, with all this. Yeah, if it was, the whole show was pre-taped. Yeah, it was just. Yeah, I don't know. It was weird, but yeah, you're right. They they they're the whole show. They're going backstage to uh, HBK and Ahmed Johnson John. talking about the uh, who their third man's going to be. Uh, not as good as a sell as they did on WCW. I can tell you that for certain. So, uh, next match. I don't think I ever realized until, like, while watching it, that WWE was like, oh, well, you, you guys are doing a third man. Well, uh, we'll do a third man. We'll do three on three, and we're going to we're gonna do our version. And, yeah, like, the big sell of who the third man is. I'm like, you guys are really just stealing shit at this point. Pretty hard. The, uh, the hilarious thing is, is that Warrior's replacement ends up getting let go down the line by WWE for the kayfabe reason that they gave Warrior. For being fired. <laughs> no shit. <Yeah. laughs> wow. Isn't that messed up? Isn't that messed Irony. up? Irony. <laughs> That's crazy. I didn't even realize that. That's funny. Yeah. All right. Ah. So we get Savio Vega versus Justin Hawk Bradshaw. Uh, Pillman randomly like kind of tries to go after Vega during his entrance and then he disappears. So we got our Pillman sighting. Um, Vega had this back to the IV. Yeah, yeah, no shit, right? <laughs> Vega had one of the nicest spots I've seen. Uh, 
so good, so good with those spinning heel kicks. He had Bradshaw in the corner, hits a spin kick, and like rolled off of him to the floor and landed on his feet. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful spot. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Um, McMahon references a new wrestler in WWF named Who, and Lawler and McMahon use that opportunity to do an Abbott and Costello routine. Yep. I As soon as they said it, I go... Oh God, it's gonna be the who's on first, and God damn it, they went there in seconds. Yeah, <laughs> seconds. Yeah, they couldn't contain <laughs> themselves for that one. Um, th- my favorite part here, they WWF did such a piss poor job. They tried to cram this tease segment into one episode. If they were gonna tease it like this, they should have teased it over weeks. Uh, basically, they get Mister Perfect on the phone uh, with commentary. He's calling from a cell phone. He makes that clear. Uh, Lawler asks him if he will be HBK and Ahmed's partner. They go to commercial, and that's the last we hear about that. Uh, until later, possibly. But no more for Mr. Perfect. Uh, Zeb gets involved to try to help. He ends up costing JBL the match, and uh, Zeb and JBL jump him after the match, after Vega gets the win. So, Dr. Mantel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Zebekaya. I just didn't feel like writing Zebekaya. Uh, so again, yeah. Uh, or Zeb Coulter down the Zeb road. Zeb Coulter, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> That's normally how I refer to him, yeah. Uh, we're, we're back to uh, HBK and Ahmed, who say their third man is on the way and just called from a car phone. Could it be Mr. Perfect? Um, they're both defending their titles next week. Uh, Hart, uh, Shawn Michaels against Billy Gunn, Ahmed against Bart Gunn. And Ahmed says to Sonny, got a saying in the hood, don't bring a gun unless you plan to use it. Okay. Well, then. We <laughs> he was full of just excellent interviews. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was a good one. Uh, we get a quick recap of the weekend WWF events. Uh, then after that, we get our main event. It's Bulldog and Vader versus the Godwins. Um, I'm pretty sure this, this entrance of the Godwins is some of the stock footage that they use when they describe WWF booking wrestlers as occupations. I'm pretty sure this entrance is some of the footage they use. Um, Cor- mm-hmm. Cornette is going between being ringside and on commentary throughout the whole match. It's fucking hilarious. My Cornette line of the night, I actually might tweet this at him just to get a reaction. Those hillbillies smell like someone <laughs> eating gorgonzola cheese in a septic tank of a slaughterhouse. <laughs> oh, see, the shit that got him... In trouble in NWA, I, yeah, it's works here in this time. You know what I mean? Like he, it's ninety six. This shit was perfect. I loved it. Yep. So Cornette and uh, Lawler are reveling in the fact that Warrior is gone, and I love it because McMahon says, "I bet we're gonna see Warrior back in the ring real soon." Lols. Um, <laughs> Lols. <laughs> this match was way more competitive than it should have been. Uh, Henry Godwin kicked out of a Vader bomb. Why? Yeah, I was kind of shocked by that. I thought it was over from the, right as soon as the Vader bomb, and then he kicked out. I go, were, were they about to make him like push to the moon? I'm like, all of a sudden, Hogman is making a pretty big fight against Vader. Like this is the guy that just you know came to the ring with a fucking goat two weeks ago. Yep. Oh, uh, this week too, they had the goat with him again, <laughs> and that's not the only spot too. Oh, yeah, uh, Vader true. goes for a corner splash, and Henry catches him and slams him. What the fuck? What the yeah. fuck? 
This should have been a squash match. Uh, it was a flat finish. It ended in like kind of a smudge or bulldog. Wait, look, it should have been a pay-per-view match. <laughs> right. No shit. Right the way they booked it. Yeah. Well, for real. It should like, have been. They're going to make them look that good. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was just a flat finish. Bulldog and Vader end up getting a win. Um, so now we <laughs> back again now. Now the third man's in the parking lot, and he's the perfect partner for the situation. Four weeks of teasing something to one episode we'll get there um one of the best superstar line teases possibly ever uh speculation on the alleged love triangle between gold dust marlene and sable and where does mankind fit in i have no fucking clue how does he fit in i heard that i go what the fuck i'm like <laughs> he's filming <laughs> <laughs> nice that's that's a good one it was it was weird. I'm like, who the fuck called him? It was like, <laughs> you know, some horny kid was like, well, what is going on between all of them? Because Marlene and Sable are both pretty fucking hot. Yeah, well, you know, the squealing that my mankind did. I mean, maybe that would fit in somehow. I don't know. Gold dust is recording. <laughs> right. There you go. It would. Uh, so we get Cornette in the locker room. We're kind of going back and forth between Cornette and Shawn Michaels and Ahmed Johnson about, you know, who the third man's going to be. Cornette basically says there's nobody left. Everybody's book. I've checked. You know, everybody's tied up with other engagements, so they can't get anybody else. Uh, says he's happy that Warrior's out of the picture, which we know is a shoot and a work. Um, so, yeah. It's fucking Psycho Sid. Fucking Psycho Sid. The most rushed reveal ever. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't have let Vader and Hog go so long because it was we got we're running out of time. Who's it going to be? Well, Vin Man, and all of a sudden you just see Sid and they go, "Oh my God!" He says one thing, bam, off the air. I'm like, "Thanks for letting that blossom." Mm -hmm. We had to wait an entire episode to find that out, and it wasn't even Mister Perfect again. (laughs) We've been talking about this whole goddamn thing with him. Looks like they should be fighting at SummerSlam. I think. Shit, at this rate. Vader, instead of him fighting Michaels, maybe it'll be Hog. <laughs> the Hog I, man I, first. Shawn Michaels. <laughs> no, I got it. No, but Psycho Sid. It, I was not excited about Psycho Sid when he came in 91. I wasn't excited about him when he was there in 95. And I sure the hell was not excited about him when he came back again in 96. What bothers me, he's going he's gonna to be around for a bit. Yeah. Is this before or after the uh, infamous terrifying leg injury? This is before, isn't it? Oh, the leg leg, uh, injury is WCW. Mm. That's like in 2000 against like Scott Hall. Oh, yeah. Positive. Hmm. He was already done with WWE at that point. He when he broke his leg, it was like Scott Hall and maybe DDP in the match or, or Booker T, something like that. But now his. (laughs) <laughs> because one of my favorite things is when he went over to WCW, just it was like horrible. That's the one where he says to Hall and Nash, um, and you know I have half the brain that you do, and Hall just can't fucking contain himself. He's like, yo, he just fucking did it. <laughs> oh my god, just never. I've never been a fan of his. I don't know why. But I liked him back when he's he was our third man. Yeah, I liked him back in the day in WCW before Nitro when he was in the skyscrapers. With uh That I don't mind. I didn't mind yeah, him in WCW Spivey. actually pretty much ever. It was he just didn't fit in WWE, I don't think. No. The Yeah. 
I heard that he was, you know, Sean's bodyguard. He beats the fuck out of Sean, and all of a sudden, Vin Man, let me tell you who my partner yeah, is. Know, oh, okay, right. great. <laughs> it was fucking great because, uh, you know, Cornette was talking about it, and, you know, he said something about, well, like, oh, well, what do we call him? And we'll call him Psycho Safe because he's a fucking psycho. He tried to stab Arn Anderson. <laughs> There is that. Maybe that's why I don't like him. He tried to he tried to fucking stab double A. Yeah. A A A A. That is the end of this week's Monday Night Wars, and that's the end of this episode. It's in the books. And next week, we already pivoted. We're gonna do our top topic. We're gonna change up what our plan was gonna be. Now we're gonna do the top fifty tag teams of all time. And of course, number one will probably end up being the New Day because it's just <laughs> natural. My name is the Professor. I bid you a farewell. Goodbye, Odium. Toodaloo. Au revoir. Elvisa Zane. Ciao. Ding dong day. Ding dong day. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to the Top of Wrestling Podcast. I'm the Professor. Have a great week. We'll see you back next Wednesday. Odium, of course, leaving us with our movie quote of the week. And this week, I'm having him do it in the form of Seth Rollins. What the fuck? Okay. Okay. All right. I just told my boss the good news and 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 I'm in deep shit. The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing the Analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. Yeah, don't don't spoil it. Oh god, I gotta think about it. Oh, I won't, that. but it's gonna be funny because it's not one you would technically do. <laughs> oh boy. Or if you do it, you gotta We'll get there. You gotta nail it. Well, I, I always um, gotta nail it, man. That's the thing. Let me find a line. <laughs> it's not the size that counts, it's how you use it. No. No. <laughs> a chastity belt? That's going to chafe my willy. <laughs> He's going to deflower her in the towel. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I know. <it>. Ew. <laughs>